You're listening to Central Illinois Business. Hi, good morning, Alex Ruggieri here. Thanks for joining us. We have got a great show lined up for you. And we're starting right out with Matt Cho. He's a local real estate developer who recently was honored at the Innovation Celebration Award and uh, was given the Economic Impact Award. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me on the show again. You bet. You bet. I'm very excited about it. I have been excited about you for a long time. I will not forget, um, I can't remember, I think it was Libby. I mean, it was probably 10 years ago. And she came up to me um, when she was working for the city of Urbana. And she said, there is this guy and he's just doing these really great things. You need to meet him. And I said, really? Tell me about him. And uh uh, you know, and she told me a little bit about you. Know, his name is Matt Cho, and and so ever since then, I've kind of just observed the things that you were doing and the projects that you were doing, and I understand why she was so excited, and I wonder, I understand why Urbana was excited because you were doing projects over there and elsewhere, but um, also I understand why uh, you got the Economic Impact Award. I'm, I, I suppose I, one way I'm wondering what took them so long, but you know, tell us a little bit about your background and some of the things you've been doing so people can understand. Yeah, for sure. I think what's surprising is that it was in 2013 when I started with my first project in downtown Urbana and you know, it's only been six years, so mm-hmm. what's felt like maybe 15 uh, with all the stuff that's happened so yeah. far. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm just really honored that I got that award and was recognized amongst uh, Logic and the city of Champaign. So, um, you know, Urbana's you know, kind of got some momentum going, and it's got some energy. A lot of new businesses are opening. The storefronts are getting filled up. Um, and I think it really has a diverse mix of businesses, residents, and just more of a different, uh, I guess, vibe than Champaign or Campus Town. And I think, you know, with any large city that you go to, you know, having different areas that you can choose any day of the week, I think that really adds to kind of like the work-life balance or why people select where they want to live, um, you know, or to raise their families. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit, and I've had you on the show before, so this isn't your first rodeo. I think this is your second or third time anyway, being on the show, but I just couldn't resist with this award um, ceremony, and I was there that night, uh, having you back on the show, and it's been a while, and uh, maybe you could tell people a little bit about your background and how you ended up here and all that kind of stuff. Sure. I mean, well, I grew up here um, as a high school student, and I was born and raised in Carl, and, uh, you know, <laughs> after high school, wanted to really get out, and so I went out east, and that's where I probably spent a good portion of my young adult life. Okay. But, uh, Is that you like know, Philadelphia, Boston? I was in D.C. and DC? New York for a while, cool. and mm-hmm. kind of had this uh, desire to, to, you know, I don't know, change paths or change careers, and I know I'm lucky to be able to to have the privilege to do that. And so, you know, coming back here to Champaign-Urbana, I enrolled in architecture and finished uh, in 2011 or 2010. And really, during that time, it was still kind of a recession or real estate bust. Um, And there was a lot of opportunity around with empty buildings. And, you know, I was just really, I think this is where luck comes in into kind of the entrepreneur stories Mm -hmm. that I was really lucky to get those that piece of that first piece of property from BC Bank, mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, starting from there, it really you know, steamrolled into other projects. Like, first was CoLab, which was a co-working space. 
Second was Cafeteria really cool and space. Company. Yep. Yep. And then, which is a coffee shop. And then there's uh, Sipyard, which is the outdoor graffiti gallery. Mm-hmm. And then that parlayed into Broadway Food Hall because after working in downtown for a while, uh, as, as much as I love Crane Alley, Black Dog, and Sitara, and all the other places oh, yeah. that we go to sit and eat, uh, I just couldn't do that five days a week. And so there was something I yes, thought was needed, mm-hmm. uh, just something like a quick, casual, um, good price point um, lunch spot. And that's what Broadway Food Hall was. And after that, I think we bought one more building, and that is where the wine bar, Analog Wine Library, is the newest venture. And that was kind of a response to... You know, you saw Bouvons, Corkscrew leave. You then saw Art Mart leave. And right, so there was really right. like this wine gap in downtown. So I think, you know, I got pretty much all my bases covered with coffee, beer, wine, <laughs> lunch. And, you know, I couldn't ask for anything else. Wow, that's amazing. You know, and I mean, when you did the Sipyard thing, I mean, I, I honestly, I was just like amazed because I would have thought I, it would have never occurred to me in a million years to do something like that. And if you had suggested it to me, I would have said, you're crazy. I really would have. And yet it has been one of the more popular things to happen over there. Yeah, as long as the weather is nice, then we have a crowd. But, you know, we're at the mercy of rain and snow and kind of yeah, this late true, April. because it's but, outside. Yep. But tell people what, what the Sipyard is and what you do there. So Sipyard um, is essentially, it used to be a building. Uh, it was just way too in bad of a shape to repair it and restore it into just a normal functioning building in downtown. Mm-hmm. So we worked with the city to uh, restore, I guess, in a way, the facade of the building, which was crumbling, and then to create a new space in almost like this alley mm-hmm. concept. Mm-hmm. Um, using shipping containers, that's one of the, mm-hmm. I guess, pieces that in architecture school everyone's fascinated with Mm -hmm. building with Mm -hmm. Um, so naturally we went with shipping containers got them craned in in one day and we knew Langston Alston who was a local artist in town and he was open to painting some of the mural stuff and getting it started and after that it really organically took off into this graffiti alley Mm -hmm. and for the most part we try to make sure everyone stays within the lines and (laughs) yeah right um, and during nice weather, uh, we open and serve beer, uh, usually from Triptych or Riggs. Okay. And so, really, I mean, it, it, it makes money. I mean, it's oh, yeah. not just a park in the outside there. It, it actually makes money. No, it's, it's kind of just this uh, uh, outdoor venue, graffiti gallery, beer garden. I call it the Urbana Help Desk sometimes because we get a lot of questions about where is this and or what is this and oh that's funny. Um, what else is there in Urbana so it's kind of uh, I don't know kind of a kind of a help desk you know tell us about the uh, the co-working space that you developed I mean that is just really fantastic so co-working is something that I noticed out in DC and New York and um, it was during also another recession where the dot com had crashed and there was September 11th and there was mm-hmm. just a lot of I guess more freelance activity or people trying to start things on their own. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't really a real estate, uh, I guess, product out there that could supply, you know, cheap space with other people in the same Like-minded situation. Like-minded people, right. Right. And so co-working, you know, there's hundreds and thousands of spaces all throughout the world now. Um, I know WeWork is now publicly filing for an IPO. So it's I now an industry. the largest landlord in the country, I yep. think. And that's the thing is like with any entrepreneurial community that you want to have different flavors of co-working. And so with right. Logic, Enterprise Works, CoLab, 
Um, even I think there's like the hub in one main or M2. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you have all these flavors, and then that really helps, I guess, Yeah, they're people kind choose. of high-end, and mm-hmm. you've got everything in between. Yeah, and so yeah, I think, Logic again, is up there, too, but it's not as high-end as uh, M1 or M2. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you can do something is very simple and easily accessible at Colab. Right, and that's the thing is, like, with any great, like, metro city is, like, when you have a lot of choices or when the residents have a lot of choices, then... I think that makes it for a better kind of work-life mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. Um, we had some, um, a lot of times, th- we have film community here in, in Champaign-Urbana. And I think the EDC even has a film office now to help people. And anyway, I, I must be on the, the, the wrong list or the right list because anytime anybody needs real estate, they'll always call me up and say, oh, we need to, you know, we need a big house to shoot this scene or we need an apartment building or we need a parking lot or whatever they need. We need an office building. And I always try to help them. Uh, there's no money in it, but I just love doing it, you <laughs> yeah. know, because I, and I think we should help nurture the creative class and the film industry in our area. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, and these young people call me and they I arrange for them to have a building and everything. But whenever we had a meeting, they always wanted to meet in your place there. Um, you know, in Urbana, you know, and I just thought, oh, that is interesting because you really do, you, you have a niche of people that you strongly, that strongly gravitate to your products down there. And it's kind of interesting how, I don't know if that's because you're younger or because you just understand those people or what, but it's interesting how, uh, the things that you build and the projects that you do have a a, a real following, a real tale of people that kind of are in your in your tribe, I guess, for <laughs> lack of a better yeah. description. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the experience of you know working and living in D.C. and New York. It's it's not a rat race, but it's very competitive. And you know, it, when you're young, it's a lot of fun, and it's a lot of fun to go out and have millions of choices at your fingertips. Um, but I think there's a point in your life where you're like, I really want to make a mark or have a purpose. Mm-hmm. And so coming back here, you know, something. You know, why can't Champaign-Urbana have the amenities or the choices or kind of like the more cooler things that these cities always seem to get? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, out of personal preference, I think that's one of those things where, you know, why why isn't there a coffee culture or why aren't there uh, bars that are different? You know, you have your dives to like the unique bars to, you know, all kinds of stuff that you call your watering hole. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just kind of the nature, you know, combined with the architecture background, you know, you're always trying to figure out or challenge, I guess, the creative norms and and do something different. Mm -hmm. And so that's a lot of fun, especially in this area where there's a ton of canvas, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, at the same time, you know, I think being in this area, like to do errands, you know, that's one example. If I was in New York, I'd have to like sacrifice my lunch and just maybe accomplish two things off my list. But here it's, you know, within 15 minutes, I'm I've done probably like 20 things and that kind of efficiency I think is, you know, something that people overlook about the Midwest yeah. or living in these communities is right. that you can get a lot of stuff done um but you kind of have to self-motivate. Yeah, yeah, you definitely have to self-motivate. But I I agree with you completely and I I one of the things I love cuz I travel all over. I'm leaving for uh Mexico tomorrow and uh, we just got back I mean we were in the con France and then you know we went to the international real estate show there and we were in Rome for a while I mean I go to all these places I love coming back here because you know the value proposition for having your company or your lifestyle or whatever is so good here 
you can you can get so much done and your money goes so much further it's it's really an awesome place to be here in the midwest of course you know i'm i'm a raging fan but you know i that that is what it is um so what i would like to do is i would like to talk a little bit about you and your personal philosophy and and kind of you know kind of get inside your head a little bit and share um the way you think about things because it is unique and it's been expressed as such and um, I'd love for the young people out there or just the entrepreneurs out there to hear, you know, kind of what rattles around in your head when you look at a project. And maybe also we could touch on a little bit on the Innovation Celebration Award and all that. Can we do that? Sure. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a short break for our sponsor's sake, but we'll be right back. We have been talking with Matt Cho, a local developer, and we will be right back after this. And we're back. You're listening to Central Illinois Business. We've been talking with Matt Cho. He's a local developer who has had considerable uh, success and now also recognition uh, from the Innovation Celebration Awards, giving him the Economic Impact Award at their recent uh, celebration. And I love the Innovation Celebration, because, and I call it kind of like our our Oscar ceremony for entrepreneurs, because that's what it is. I mean, they really uh, shine a light on people that are doing some really great, great things. And I, I guess I would ask you, um, did you know you were going to get this award? I mean, who nominated you? Did you find no, out? No, I mean, I think I might have my hunches, but um, uh -huh. yeah, I don't really know. But I'm just honored to be part of that, I guess, circle of people that were nominated and the I guess the history of those have have had have been awarded that award yeah so yeah like I said it is a really good recognition and I'm honored to have it yeah yeah it's a cool thing actually this radio show won uh, at the 10-year anniversary of innovation celebration we won the award for uh, entrepreneurial uh, uh, support and I thought hey that's pretty cool too you know so we have that uh, somewhere hanging up on a wall somewhere um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about your philosophy, you know, do, do you, you know, how do you approach things and wh what are your, what's your thought process? I'd be real interested to have your touchstones to share with maybe the young people or other entrepreneurs out there that, um, might give some perspective as to uh, how you've been so successful. I think one definite, I guess, experience that I remember is that, uh, there was a new wave of architecture faculty that came in when I was still a student. And one of the new faculty, I think his, he, he challenged all the students to just question everything. And not in like, I guess, in a, in a positive, constructive way. Yeah, in a more constructive way. And I think that was one thing that set a creative, I guess, approach to architecture while I was still in studio and designing things that, you know, were existed on paper but weren't really actual buildings. Mm -hmm. um, but that skill of just always questioning and, you know, trying to find a different angle, I think that's um, a skill that I've tried to work on and try to hone. Um, oftentimes I might do it too much, but, you know, there's, you know, once you have thousands of ideas on the paper, you know, you just have to pick like one or two and go mm -hmm. with it. Mm -hmm. um, so in a way, like I guess, uh, you know, my, I guess my investment f philosophy is still maybe 
contrarian to mm-hmm. some is that mm-hmm. when I came back here to start, uh, I guess, my first building project or commercial project, um, everyone was really saying, why why Urbana? Like, you should just do this in Champaign. Yeah. Even yeah. my parents were thinking that this is, you know, you're crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's that's the thing is like there's there's just elements of Urbana that had that reminded me of neighborhoods in D.C., neighborhoods in New York and other places that I've been mm-hmm. that had that fabric. And I think it just needed someone to kind of, you know, light a little spark here and there. And hopefully that's something that I've been able to do. Um, but in in that way, it's just, you know, overlooking things that are the obvious, I think. Um, maybe it's just uh, what do you say? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you always look for value in other areas that... Well, I I love that aspect of zigging when other people are zagging. And in a way, I mean, you talked a little bit about it earlier, about how, you know, the luck of the draw and this, that, and the other thing. But I think it had more to do with your philosophy, too, about saying, hey, there's something here in Urbana. Because honestly, uh, I had a, a guy tell me one time, he's very successful, and I said, well, what is... What is one of the keys to your success, or can you tell me? And he said, well, you know, buy something nobody else wants and then turn it into something. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what you've done. I mean, nobody else was really interested in Urbana back in the day. And now you've kind of put it on the map in a way. And it has this creative class uh, kind of young energy to it. And you... Um, I think that you not only captured that, but I think you amplified that. Mm-hmm. And as a result, then there's a certain gravity and people are actually being attracted to that. And I think in the future that will help ha- the whole area grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I hope so. I yeah. Mean, I've got a lot invested in downtown Urbana. I guess our first project outside of that is in Champaign um, over at the fields. Uh, one of the vendors at Broadway Food Hall, King Kuma, the poke stand has done really well and you know I guess luckily again having health alliance uh, as customers for maybe three or four months when we opened last year and then always moving and then moving to the fields um, whenever they came back we was always we always heard like hey you should open a location out there and so that's really what sparked I guess the opportunity to look for space in the fields and so we're really excited about that hopefully opening this summer Wow that's um, really really cool well, yeah, there's all these kind of things. So, you know, sometimes you don't even have to be contrarian or mm-hmm. question things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just go with mm-hmm. what works. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It's it's uh, It's been fun always waking up and being able to kind of think about things and what you want to do as your next move. And um, I guess what's the other thing that I was going to say? I think the other one that really ties home is maybe I just I would just like to invest in things or invest my time in things of stuff that I would want. Um, Because if I don't understand it, then there's really no point in me trying to create something, you know. So like CoLab is naturally uh, a a reaction to like I need office space. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what would be fun is to actually share it with other people that Mm -hmm. are kind of in the same boat. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sipyard does the same thing. It's like, well, there's not a lot of outdoor seating in downtown Urbana. So how do we create just a a 100 percent outdoor venue? Um, And then same with like Broadway is just we needed a lunch option that wasn't going to take like an hour and a half or cost close to $20 a session and um, you know for that kind of productivity and like walkability of all these things that you talk about of like urban areas those are the things that at this point in my life those are things that I want Mm -hmm. Um, so there might be a time when I get older and I'll be like I don't want that anymore (laughs) 
<laughs> hope not, but you know, that might be my contrarian question everything yeah, yeah. mindset coming back into play. Now, I know you have a degree in architecture. Uh, are there any architects uh, or uh, people that you particularly admire their style or emulate or try to learn from? Um, I think in architecture school, there were definitely, you, you, you had to look at a couple of them. And there were a couple few that I thought were doing very interesting, different things. But nowadays, I think because of the scope of what I'm doing, Urbana is not necessarily, it requires that kind of heavy lifting architecture. Mm -hmm. um, I've kind of fallen off the map, honestly, mm -hmm. in terms of architecture. <laughs> so I, I feel a little outdated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, were there were anybody that inspired you in particular? I mean, everybody always talked about Frank Lloyd Wright or, you know, uh, you know some of those, uh, man, v Mies Van Der Rohe or some people like that. I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't Pele I don't, or who these people are. You know? I don't know if there's anyone is like that's kind of like a single individual, but I think I'm just constantly admired by the architecture work culture. Mm -hmm. I think when you go to studios, so I was fortunate enough, like after I graduated to go to Tokyo and I interned at a, at, I would say a Starkitect office for about four months. Wow. And that was a great experience. Not a lot of money, but it was mm -hmm. a great experience. And being in Tokyo was another oh, kind yeah. of How cool. set of different eyes of looking at things. And, you know, I, I think the ones that are like really passionate about design and are really kind of sacrificing their time outside of work to really work on projects and de design things. That's a really interesting kind of work ethic. And I think that's what I'm mostly attracted to is like this insane work ethic of that's yeah. highly creative. Yeah. And I know there's some people that have it and some people that turn away from it, but mm -hmm. it's just amazing to see that actually happen in front of your eyes sometimes. Yeah. No, so. I, I, I relate. I relate. I mean, um, you know, I, in my in my regular life, I have a real job, and that's commercial real estate. But people don't realize how creative and stimulating that is. And it really is. Uh, I mean, there's a work ethic that I – I mean, I just like – I mean, I'm, I'm getting ready to go to Mexico tomorrow because I won this trip, all expenses paid for being top salesperson and all that last year. And honestly, I told my wife last night, I said, well, I'll have more fun working on these deals I'm doing than I will sitting on a beach anywhere. And mm -hmm. she goes, you're going. We're going to have a good time. And same with me. When I go on vacation, it's just I, I want to get work done. Yeah. And, <laughs> but I just want to be in a nice area, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's always thinking. And I think that's the luxury of being in real estate and being a developer and being a creative is that when you go to different places – it's not work. It's just you're going to the restaurant and you're like, wow, that's a different way yeah. of thinking about food or yeah. a different space and thinking the same thing. And I think that's where, you know, I don't know. It's that's what I get used. Yeah. I mean, I, I really get used. And I, I mean, I the last thing I would want to do is just, you know, retire to Florida, get a condo and sit on the beach for all day, you know, yeah. or play golf every day. Or I mean, I like golf. Don't get me wrong. I like the beach. I love the beach. But. I just couldn't do that every day. I mean, I need to be more stimulated than that. And I love the, the act of creation and, and helping people and solving problems and all of that. And I think you do all of that in real estate. I think you do it in architecture if you do it well. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that's, that's really cool. So I, I kind of relate to, to yeah. what, you're, what you're talking about there. Well, um, 
I don't know. Uh, what would you say to the next generation? We just have a couple of uh, minutes left here. Do you have any recommendations for those young people that are out there listening and uh, maybe paying attention to uh, this creative architect who has uh, made such an impact uh, or, um, or a developer who's made such an impact in our area? An easy one would be just show up. <laughs> I like that. Because I don't know if you heard last year I showed up to an auction that uh, – School District 116 was auctioning off their Washington school. Oh, yeah. And I yes. ended up being the only person that showed up. I did not know that. And so I, I you know, had to buy the school at 75 k which was the <laughs> reserve price. <laughs> and I almost missed the auction because I thought it was on another day. But, you know, I checked my email about, like, 30 minutes before and wow. and showed up. And you never know what's going to happen if you show up. And I think I tell this to some people, is you know, like, oh, I hate talking to people. I hate going to networking. And I'm just like, just show up. You know, you never know what's going to happen, right? And if you if you spend more time, like, saying this is not a good opportunity, <laughs> then you've already missed it. And, you know, sometimes I, I just it. show up. T- sometimes even I don't feel like I want to go to the networking. I just show up. Yeah. And I would say, like, more times out of not that I've, I've been pleasantly surprised. I either meet someone new or something happens or there's, like, a meeting that was supposed to happen two weeks from now and just we just get it done at that time. Yeah. And, you know, that's... That's what I love about this town is it's efficient. It's, yeah. 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 Oh, I'd love that. Just show up. I forget who it was. Somebody said, they asked him what his key to success was. And he said, 90% is just showing up. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Well, we have been talking with Matt Cho. He's a local developer making uh, quite an impact. In fact, they have recognized his impact at the Innovation Celebration Award just recently with the Economic Impact Award. Thank you so much for being on the show. We've had you on in the past, having you on now. I hope you'll come back in six months or a year. Yeah. And Definitely. I love being here. Outstanding. Thank you, sir. And don't go away. We'll have much more right after the break. And we're back. You're listening to Central Illinois Business. Alex Ruggieri here. And in the second half of the hour, I think you're going to be happy you stayed with us. I am talking with Ricardo Diaz. He is the chairman of the board of the New American Welcome Center and a leadership advisory board. He uh, re- is representing uh, that group today on the show because they most recently received uh, an award at Innovation Celebration, and I wanted to shine a light on that. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Now, we were surprised. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you were pleasantly surprised. Now, I'm looking at this list of uh, your board members, Mm -hmm. and it is like a who's who of leadership in our area. Uh, I mean, you've got the mayor of Champaign, the mayor of Urbana. You've got, uh, you know, Julie Pride uh, from Public Health, Craig Rost from Economic Development. I mean, it goes on, and I can't read them all. Sue Gray from United Way. I mean, everybody would recognize this list. Um, obviously, a lot of people committed to this. Very much. Yeah. And, uh, that was at, at our inception two years ago uh, when we were trying to get the right balance of, of all the stakeholders that would be interested in and impacted by immigration in the area. Well, now, uh, tell us, what is the New American 
uh, center there, and what, what do you do? So the New American Welcome Center is a subset of the University Y. Mm -hmm. um, several immigration groups in town had been working with the Y, and at some point, National Y uh, called them up and asked them if they'd be interested in becoming a new welcome center. Uh, we're most the national Y did. The national Y called up cool. the, the local university Y. Cool. Uh, they were aware. I, I had actually gone to Washington, met them there uh, for some other thing, and then they just called up. It was a surprise to us. Um, we're basically uh, we're, we're modeled after a welcoming center in New York City, where uh, the Y started testing out a way to involve community, that is, their members in in Ys. Uh, into more community, civically-minded uh, institutions. And so the Welcome Center here was set uh, first as a, as a way to start gathering resources as to what, who's, who's doing what in immigration in the area. Uh, we quickly uh, realized that we needed everyone at the table, so that's why the board was formed. Uh, and then... Um, we hired uh, uh, one person and then have, right now, yesterday, at yesterday's meeting, I counted eight in staff, including the interns, the student interns. Our purpose is to uh, welcome the foreign-born. I, I, I'll make a distinction, the foreign-born, non-citizens, uh, but it also includes naturalized citizens. That is, people that were born outside this country that have chosen the CU area as their home. And so, as you uh, as you see the the, the New Americans, uh, the the first thing that we did was put out a report mm -hmm. that is a base level assessment of who the foreign born 20, are. Twenty four thousand immigrants That's living right. in Champaign County. That's right, and we and we chose to exclude the the students, given that they are tracked for the university system quite well. Right, um, and so these are twenty four thousand. People that were born outside this country that are in every facet of our lives. They're sometimes our doctors, our busboys, our oh, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. our Everything educators, our professors. Right. Um, and to see the both the, their presence and their economic impact and how they're woven into our community. So that's the report that that's that's before you. Um, the other phase has been to we establish working groups in which we wanted to see what each sector of the society, uh, those people in the area that, 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 that would want to come and talk about their immigrant impacts. So we have the health sector, we have uh, uh, law enforcement agency, we have the economic development working group. And each one of those, after doing an initial assessment of uh, their top three priorities, um, uh, we we laid them out to the whole committee, and then we basically said, now it's time to do a, a real needs assessment. And so by the end of this year, we will have an immigrant integration plan, uh, five to ten year plan on how we can do things better. Already we're ranked number ten on nationally this area, wow. Uh, wow. number ten in the terms of percentage and inclusion of immigrants. Uh, so we have a lot of work to do, but we're trying to do it in an organized way, and we are, in a sense, the conveners of that. Wow. Now, if the National uh, kind of approached you and said, hey, would you consider doing this, have they had a program in place? They have. Uh, and in fact, as they, we were probably within the first 10 
invitees to to grow this program that was initially started in New York City. Um, their their model is is very much like we've developed into or that that was the, the the seed of it that's how we got the working groups to begin with uh, and uh, they provide some guidance but actually i think it's the other partners that we developed that the y was already involved with that have given us uh, a better model direction guidance uh, that includes uh, welcoming america uh, a group now, based now who in, are they? in georgia okay welcoming and, america and, Do they and work with immigrants and they well they they are they started i don't know probably five ten years ago they're they're a relatively young group and their purpose is to help communities such as ours to identify models so through them we've met uh the indianapolis the chicago uh akron uh and then st louis people that are are and have been doing this kind of work so we're surrounded by cities the the huge the big cities that are uh, well underway to becoming uh, certified welcoming. It's, it's a program of welcoming America. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Deb in Champaign has uh, also initiated this process for the city of Champaign. It takes a while because there's all kinds of, uh, of, uh, of uh, requisites for to, to be called welcoming, certified welcoming, but she has joined in the process for the plan. And uh, the, we, you know, we invite the other cities to also begin the process. And what about uh, Urbana? I Ur see the mayor is on your board. The, right. So Laurel, there, there was a change of mayor in the middle. Oh, that's right. Uh, and Laurel and was so Laurel mayor. was in at the beginning, mm -hmm. and Diane I is also in conversations with okay. them. There's there's a particular point at which they signed an MOU, and they and they get more formal as to the relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, Urbana has been uh, welcoming, friendly for for mm -hmm. years, mm -hmm. probably uh, at the edge of it, really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So oh, the leading edge. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, outstanding. Wow, well, this is really uh, a wonderful thing because, uh, you know, and, and I was telling you before we started the interview, I don't know how many Americans can point to someone in their family or who they themselves are um, affected by this immigration issue because, I mean, we just came back from Italy. We were there and we visited the little sleepy town south of Rome where my great-great-great-grandfather mm -hmm. came from. And um, my grandmother never spoke a word of English uh, in her life. And she came from uh, Texas, but most of her family... Um, traces their heritage to Mexico, mm. and so my grandfather, my great, my you know, my grandmother, you know, neither one. I mean, I'm talking back at the turn of the century, came to this country, and of course we're all here now. Um, and I am telling you, between the two, between my grandfather and my on, on my on my paternal grandfather. And my maternal grandmother, those family lines, there are hundreds and hundreds of people here yeah. who have been Americans, uh, you know, citizens from the day they were born for generations. Yeah. But, I mean, you know. It's generations, but in this area particularly, uh, you, you're, you're classic in that your grandparents and your great-grandparents 
or your great grandparents mm-hmm. were, were immigrants. The percentage of immigrants for this area a mm-hmm. hundred years ago was quite high. Yeah, that is, uh, we we the grandchildren of those uh, have now gapped and don't think so much about no. being immigrants. Right? We yeah. were born here. My parents were born here. Right, right, right. But it's it's not unusual to be that close to the, the first arrival of their family, whether it's, it's on their mother on the, on, on their grand, uh, yeah. or their father's side. Um, and it's easy to forget. Mm-hmm. I, I fear who my children, uh, you know, what, what they will forget. Right. Uh, but it is, uh, for me, immigration is a fact of life. It's what humans do when situations change. And whether it's within country or to uh, beyond a country border, which mm-hmm. actually do change. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, it is what people do when when they feel either the the adventure, uh, but but more likely there's a big push for them mm-hmm. or or a draw from another from mm-hmm. another place. It is mm-hmm. uh, we don't think of it that way, but um, working with some uh, other colleagues, I've learned in country migration, that is when we move to Philadelphia. It is a migration of sorts because mm. you're leaving the people. If you were raised here, yeah, your, yeah. your own kids probably mm-hmm. have stayed close. Yes. But eventually one of them leaves yeah. and it's a big deal. Yeah. And it's a big hardship for mm. the family to no adjust. No kidding. I mean, I had five children. Four of them reside here. My daughter lives in Africa. And it is a hardship. It, it I is. mean, we have 14 grandchildren and we see 11 of them all the time. And the three that she has... We're lucky if we see him once a year. Yeah, yeah. And to, well, and, and what it took for her to leave, it's the same kind of thing that drives whether it's a new professor here or whether it's somebody who, who's leaving uh, uh, an economic or, or, or a violent situation. They, they, they felt like they needed to do something different. And uh, we have 25,000 of them here. Wow. So what happens uh, if somebody gets to town and they just don't know what to do or where to go? And somebody says, "Go to the New American Welcome Center." What so, happens? That's what, right. What does so, it look like? so it we you know we we have a, a hotline. La Linea um, is is a hotline for people to come to call up or go to the website uh, universityymca.org uh, slash welcome, and then they will see the services. Uh, we work with a group of students. They have developed what they call the Oasis, and they uh, they put out the 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 information. Uh, for them, but if they call, they usually call not because they want to necessarily just say hi. They usually call up with a need, uh, and whether it's a housing need or or a legal need, uh, mm-hmm. we have to remember a lot of people when they arrive, they don't know how we work. They don't know that we have uh, that there are some county laws, that there are some house, you know, the city laws. There are all kinds of uh, different layers of who applies which law, uh, and so they have to get used to that. They also have to get used to the fact that, for example, we have wonderful libraries, and our libraries serve as uh, whether you want to do a fax or to scan things or you want to have a meeting. So getting used to how we do things in the U.S. is is a, is part of that adjustment, but they usually call to get orientation on, on something, a, a block or something they've gotten into that they don't know how to do here. So are, is it, are they afraid at all uh, when they get here about 
uh, who to talk to or, or to reach out? Or well, you, 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 you said you were just in Italy, and right. your, your last name is, is Italian, right. but did you speak up when you were walking around in Italy? You no. were a tourist, but you, you kept to yourself, and there were many things yes. that you just held back. You were not free to right. do, right? Right, uh, The same thing happens. When people come, they usually, if they come with their own family, at least they have somebody to bounce ideas and, yeah. and make decisions with. Um, so it, it depends on what circumstance they're coming in and what kind of orientation. If they're university-related, they'll, they'll go to the Office of, of International Scholars Program, um, and there'll be uh, more orientation. But more often than not, they just don't know. Uh, you know, you have people that have never seen snow. That can't, yeah. You know, <laughs> How crazy that. How crazy is you know, that? Spring for them means something different. Um, yeah. Yeah. But for the most part, it's just people that want, uh, that are eager to learn. They, they want to see how, how we do it. They, uh, not everybody that comes is happy to come. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, some mm -hmm. of them were forced to come, mm -hmm. whether it's a spouse that dragged them along yeah. or, or a parent, or sometimes it's, it's the fact that they had to leave somewhere and they landed here. They were sent. We have a few refugees from Syria here, too. Wow. Wow. Crazy. Well, we are out of time, but if, if somebody wants to connect and get more information, how can they do that? University Y. The University Y. Uh, and then they'll be channeled to the Welcome Center. That's that's the best place. Uh, on, online, uh, universityymca.org front slash welcome is the place where they can see yeah, both the data. Yeah, yeah. And it, there's there's all kinds of things. Reports. Uh, I must. I would be remiss to not not point out that if w if you go to that website, you'll find that we're presently running a survey. Uh, uh, for native-born and foreign-born to get their ideas as to what the needs are and how we can do better. Uh, that survey will run through the summer. Oh, I uh, see it. Community survey. That's yep. right. Mm -hmm. So that survey would, would help us get a better feeling of what people, where people are and uh, to fill in the gaps of what's still needed. Outstanding. Sounds great. We have been talking with Ricardo Diaz. He is... Uh, did you say you're the uh, director? The chair of, the, chair. The, uh, of okay. the board. The chair of the board. We have a uh, director. Uh, Good. With, you know, and for the Welcome Center. So I'm not in the operations yeah. as much. Yeah. I'm on the advice and hooking up things. But uh, Fantastic. Gloria Yen and her team do the, yes. the actual day to day. That's right. I had her name down too as somebody to talk to. But I'm so glad you came. Thank you. <laughs> Outstanding. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with you next Saturday.